Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Star Talk. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. This is Cosmic Queries Edition. Ah. Cosmic Conundrums. Ooh. Which sound like we couldn't fit them together into one category. Right. So we just put... Just, just put them all together. <laughs> Better known as hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Chuck, Cosmic. nice in the house. We are we go. in the coronaverse. Yes, we are. All right. Well, of course, we always have our different inquiries as mm -hmm. uh, gleaned from all over the internet. And as usual, we start. Wait, wait. We're not bringing in another expert, so this means I have to know all the answers. Yes, you do. Okay, fine. As like you don't anyway. So, but um, <laughs> um, yeah, we always start with a Patreon patron because you guys give us money. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, by the way, thank yeah. you for your money. <laughs> Is there a nicer way to say that? No, I just like being direct like that. Okay, it fine. Sounds cool, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your money, which is what I used to want to say on every birthday. And and allow me to say that we're using the money yes. to invent other incarnations of what it is we do. Absolutely. Which are all in themselves experiments yeah. that we test, uh, you know, we, we battle test them, see if they work, right. refine them, and that takes that takes money that we're not otherwise getting from sponsors. No, exactly. That's my point. I mean, the, it keeps us vibrant. It does. Yeah. The, the Patreon people don't even know. There's stuff that we've done because of you. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. which is cool. All right, let's go to Stacey Brown, who's our first Patreon patron, mm -hmm. and she says, Dr. Tyson, if you were captain of the Starship Enterprise, where would you go first and why? And of course, we have to suspend disbelief and say that uh, warp is real. So traveling at this beyond the speed of light is now a capability. So now that gives you the, uh, the option to leave this galaxy, go anywhere you want, in the observable universe. I would stick in my own galaxy. Oh. Because there's not enough we know about it. So oh. let me just know my backyard first. Alrighty. All right. And then I, so I would take a tour around the galaxy. Okay. Just, just around the hood. Around the, right. <laughs> All right. Once around the block, James. Once around the block. Mm -hmm. If uh, left to the solar system's own motion, that takes about 200 million years for one trip. Cool. And so, you know, that's still fast given the scale of all of this but the, but the sun and all the planets and all the comets and all the asteroids and everybody is all moving around the galaxy together nice okay now there's something something happened on the internet recently of course of course if we are going around the sun correct and the entire system is orbiting the galaxy right it means we don't complete a closed orbit around the sun all orbits are corkscrews Right, because the galaxy is also moving. Well, the, the solar system, the solar system, is, system is, moving mean, is moving within the galaxy. Right. right, so if you followed the path. So there was this all this attention given to someone showing the video of this and saying, oh, this is a new theory of the solar system. Oh, my gosh. Do the experts know this? So it's like, people, this is just two motions simultaneously. Right. Okay, if you do this, you go your orbit. Right. If you go that way, it's a straight line. Right. If you do this and that, you get, you get a helix. A right. Yeah, a corkscrew. Right. Right. So it's like when you drop a ball on a plane. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes straight down it to goes you. It goes straight down but to you. But if I'm watching you, the ball actually right. went forward at 500 miles an hour. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's cool. But so did you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it just went straight, straight down to you. Exactly. Right, yeah. right, right. So that's cool. Yeah, wait, wait. So. 
I would do that. That's just to, but then I'd go straight to the center and observe the supermassive black hole dining upon stars that have come too close. Mm, nice. That's what I would do. All right. Going to watch the galaxy have a snack. Okay. <laughs> there you go, Stacy. All right. Let's go to another Patreon. Uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony Mirabella. Wants to cool know name. this. That is a cool Tony name. Tony Mirabella. He does sound like a Vegas act, right? <laughs> That's kind of cool. Tonight only. That's Tony right. Tony Mirabella. Welcome to the beautiful downtown Stardust Lounge here in Vegas. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to bring to you the one, the only, <laughs> Tony Mirabella. Yeah. And he's singing before he comes out. Yeah, before, <laughs> well, that talked hat. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Yeah. He's singing, singing off stage first <laughs> and he comes on. Exactly. All right. Uh, <laughs> that was so stupid. Okay, he says, what do you think unlocking the secrets of dark matter could do for us scientifically? Would it lead us to being able to harness it? Wow, those are two really big questions. <laughs> How old is he? Is he some kid in a basement trying to... <laughs> he's trying to figure he's, something out. A future uh, superhero nemesis yeah, he's in the ma making. Uh, he's making his own little universe <laughs> or something. Can we harness well, this? We have time? no idea what dark matter is. The best... I have my own preferences, mm. but my preferences don't matter. What matters is what experiments are active and in progress. And right now, the, the going thinking is that it is a category of particle that simply doesn't interact with us electromagnetically. So electromagnetism is like light and magnetism and all the things that make atoms stick together as molecules. So you are held together by electromagnetic forces. Mm -hmm. All right? That's yes. why... And therapy twice a week. <laughs> no, I don't know if that holding you together. But <laughs> physically, oh. yeah, emotionally is another thing. Oh, okay. 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 I don't know what's holding you together emotionally. <laughs> right. Physically, you're held together by electromagnetic forces. These, this would be a category of particles that does not interact with our electromagnetic forces, which means they just pass right on through like you're right. not even there. Right. But so they how do you observe something like that? Gravitationally. Okay, so we have a dark, we only know the only reason why we know there's dark matter here is because well we have some galaxies, mm -hmm. but add up all the matter in those galaxies, it doesn't account for what's going on in this part of the neighborhood, mm -hmm. because you see galaxies from behind whose light gets lensed according to Einstein's general relativity, and you can ask how much mass does it take, how much gravity does it take to lens by that amount. And you come up with a number way bigger than simply counting the the, the galaxies that are there. Right. Something else is happening. So we call it dark matter because we don't know what else to call it. Mm -hmm. it's, like I said, I've said many times, it's really dark gravity. Right. It's literally right. dark gravity. Right. We right. don't know if it's matter. The, the folks betting on it think it is matter and there's a new kind of particle oh. that we have yet to isolate. That's all. That yeah, is that's what cool. that is. So All right, if so we do now, isolate it, okay. what would you do with it? Or, you, know, you put it in your hand. No, it'll pass right through your hand because it doesn't interact with your hand. All right? So I don't know how you would contain it. How do you contain it? You would need a dark matter box. Right. But who's going to make the dark matter box? I mean, it's a philosophical problem. It really is. If, if, there's, a th if there's a thing that passes right through you, what? How do you, how do you contain, contain it? The, thing the thing that passes through everything? Everything. So everything it passes through, right. you need to find something thing that can to hold, hold the it. thing in. Right. Correct. There you go. You need something that interacts not only with our forces, 
but also with its forces. Exactly. That could be yet another frontier not, of right. discovery in the universe. What is that intermediary in fact, thing? If you were that civilization, right. you'd be badass. Oh my gosh. You control not only all the universe that we know about, right. but the rest of the universe that's influenced by dark matter. You'd be able to grab it, make dark matter planets out right. of it, right. if you could make it stick to itself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that would be a powerful posture to purvey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so now... Take that and dark energy. Is that also in the question? Oh, no, that was... No, it's not in the question. I answered I Vegas okay, Act. Okay, you, you answered okay. Tony Mirabella's question. I'll move on. All right. Maybe it'll come up in a different... Exactly. In a different question. You're like, don't push it, bro. All right, here we go. Um, Eduardo Munoz from uh, Facebook says... Eduardo. Eduardo. <laughs> He's selling... <laughs> Hello, my name is Eduardo. <laughs> Perhaps you know my good friend, Kitty Soft Buzz. <laughs> Who was that in, in, in Shrek? That's, uh, that's um, what's his name? Antonio Banderas. Uh, Antonio that's, Banderas. That's Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots in Shrek. That was yeah. really good. Yeah, I love it. Okay, mm -hmm. so Eduardo says, can you explain to us in mortal language? By the way, he's from Brooklyn. He's named Eddie. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. You are fantasizing about Shrek 4 or whatever. And he's sitting in Brooklyn. He's in Park Slope going, somebody going, yo, Eddie. All right. Can you explain to us in mortal language how the boson gives mass to matter? Oh. So how does Higgs work at the Higgs boson? How's it? How does it give yeah. mass? How does it give mass? Yeah, yeah. So let me give my let me attempt this. <laughs> yeah, okay? okay, that's a lot. So you need to think of mass, not as mass in the traditional sense, and not in this explanation. Think of it as inertia. Okay. Mm. So inertia in common parlance is the tendency of something to want to stay in motion. In motion. Right. But it's also the opposite of that. Or, or the inverse of that. It's the tendency of something to not to want to move. Right, to stay at rest. Okay? Right. Okay. So inertia is whatever the thing's doing, it wants that's to do what that. it wants to keep doing That's that. it. All right? That's it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Inertia. Okay. Lazy. So you can measure the mass of something by finding a way to measure the inertia that it, that it wields. Gotcha. Okay. So now watch. Let's go to Hollywood. All right. And we're going to a Hollywood party. Okay. I'm already and uncomfortable. Uh, I used to have a drug problem. No, pick, go ahead. Go ahead. Pick, an, pick an actor who, like, no one has heard of that you know of. Chuck Nice. Chuck Nice, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you act in a couple of things. Ah. What, 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 what have you been in? What, oh, please, let's not embarrass No, no, tell me, me one. Tell me uh, one. Um, uh, I just did Kevin Can Wait. Uh, oh, Kevin Can Wait, the TV, the TV series. Show. Okay. And okay. it got canceled. Okay. <laughs> I did an episode, and they were like, well, this is over. <laughs> this will never this work. No <laughs> he <laughs> broke it. <laughs> there we go. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. So Chuck Nice walks into a party. Right. In Hollywood. And and the bar is on the opposite side of the floor. Okay. Okay? It's a crowded party. All right. You want a drink. Okay. You walk straight to the bar. Absolutely. You'll get there in 10 seconds. Of course I will. Okay. Beyonce walks in. Okay. She wants to go to the bar. Thank God, because I'm already there. <laughs> she <laughs> wants to go to the bar. Right. But what happens? She begins to accrete oh my God, people. Beyonce. It's correct. So Beyonce, oh my God. she can't get to the bar in 10 seconds. No way. She has a very high uh, 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 
famous person mass because everyone wants to be around her. And so her her posse moves slowly through the room. Gotcha. And if you move fast, you have low party inertia. Mm -hmm. She moves slow. She has high party inertia, a resistance to going fast. Mm -hmm. Okay? So you have low resistance to going fast. You just walk right across the thing. Right. So... Or no resistance. Or no, or, or no yeah. resistance, yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah, people, in fact, right. if you funky fact, smelling, they're parked away, I was you get say, there faster. If it's me, I go straight past the bar, out the back out door. The back door. <laughs> because that's how much they actually want me at the party. Okay, but go ahead. All right. So this so, is making sense so far. So, so there's, think of it as the party field. Okay? Okay. The party field is giving mass to the particles moving through it. Gotcha. Okay, that party field is like right because those are like the a Higgs field. Those are the party book goers, right? The, the, the Higgs field is right. like they're like the party goers in Los in, Angeles. In Los Angeles, okay, right. So you got that. So so if you the more famous you are, the slower you can move through a crowd because everybody wants a piece of you, right? All right. So in that way, uh, uh, Beyonce has a very high party mass. You have a very low party mass, correct? And every, to get everybody else in between. Gotcha. So that's kind of what the Higgs field is doing. It is the resistance of to movement of the particles that pass through it. God, first of all, it's a just a great picture, you know. Because mm -hmm. we can all imagine that, yeah, right? That's yeah, that's a great yeah. depiction. Yeah, and that is fascinating. Like, who who thought of that? I don't know. I might have heard it somewhere. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean. That's probably the best way you're ever going to understand. I think so. I that's think really, so, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That is really, really good. Oh, and one other little thing that we learned from Jaina. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. friend of Star Talk. Jan 11. Jan 11. Mm -hmm. um, that grants particles its mass, but it's not most of the mass of the universe. Most of the mass in atoms comes from the force fields inside the atom, not from the particles themselves. Wow. Binding energy of the of, of the atoms. So so yes, it gives mass to quarks and electrons and this sort of thing. It, yes, but the total mass of everything in the universe is not represented by the Higgs field. It's just the particles within that, that are out there. Gotcha. Okay, so just a little detail. Just a detail. I, and I that was straight. I got straightened out on that by Jaina. That's okay. cool, man. Well, that's all really good stuff, man. Yeah. Eduardo, I hope. That cleared some things up. <laughs> cleared. We're going to take a quick break. When Glad we come back, more... more okay, well, you got to take us out in that voice. Go, go. Stay tuned. More Star Talk Cosmic Conundrums when we return. <laughs> We're back. Stop talk. <laughs> Sorry, did I do it to me? So I'm like, I don't have, I don't have it. I don't have the, uh, the, the what should we call that? The, uh, that is an accent. That's a, I guess so. That's I, I don't have the accent. Mm -hmm. All right. Keep going. Cosmic conundrums. Here we are. Uh, All right. Here we go. Um, woo. Here we go. Jenny Totten wants to know this. She's coming to us from Facebook. Uh, hey, Neil, does time move faster at the expanding edge 
of the universe and slower at the center. Now, in, in there, there are some assumptions that I don't know. I don't know. Mm. You might have to talk to, mm. first of all, the center part, and I don't know. Mm. However, I love the question in mm. terms of the expanding edge. Okay, here's something interesting. Mm -hmm. might not be what you were thinking. All right. If you're moving away from me right. in an expanding universe, right. and you have a clock that's ticking seconds, okay? If I watch that clock, consecutive seconds will uh, that I observe will come to me more and more delayed. Right. Okay? So when I observe you, it will look like you have slowed down. Right. But as far as you're concerned, you're just running I'm a stopwatch. Stop. That's, That's right. That's it. right. So, so when she talked about the expanding edge, if you're going to watch that edge, mm -hmm. you will see things slow down in that place. Right. Okay? But it's not an actual edge. Right. It's not a physical edge. It's just a, it's a horizon where you, where, it, that's all that is. If you go to that edge, now you're in the middle of a new horizon that is itself whatever distance away it would need to be mm -hmm. once you, if you did the math on that. Right. So if any, the way to answer that is if you want to make any of that true, it's the opposite of what she said. Gotcha. You'd be observing objects evolve more slowly on the edge, the, the expanding edge, and you relative to you. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty dope, I got to say. Mm -hmm. I like that. All right. Let's go to Virgil Hayward. And uh, Virgil says, um, it's pretty cool, man. I got to tell you, these people, they're into this stuff. We got good people. We do. We got good people. Damn. He says, is there any theoretical way to destroy a black hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, you just wait around till it evaporates. Oh, man. <laughs> Gave me the okie doke. That's the okie doke. I'm sorry. I'm, it's an answer. It's the answer. You just wait around. Small ones evaporate faster. Right. Big ones, like the ones in the centers of galaxies, they, they might take, I don't know. A trillion years? Oh, oh, wait. Oh, much longer than that. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. Google years? Yeah, uh, Google years. Oh I'll give it a Google. By the way, Google people is an actual number. Yeah. And it was a number before it was the name of a corporation. Okay? Yeah. And it's spelled differently, G-O-O-G-O-L. Right. Google. Ten well, they actually years. misspelled it. Yeah, they misspelled it for the company. <laughs> right. So Google years is a one followed by a hundred zeros. Then you can evaporate the, the seriously large, massive um, black holes in the centers of galaxies. And yeah, then... the. In that future, it'll be a universe with nothing because all the stars would have died. Mm -hmm. The proton would have decayed. Right. So the very foundations of matter would have broken up into, into fundamental particles. Right. And, and really all you have is particles. Particles. That's exactly. all you have. That's all you have. Right. The fundamental particles of the cosmos. So the universe will end not with a bang, but with a whimper. Cool. And not in fire, but in ice. Cool. <laughs> Literally. Cosmic conundrum. Cool. Literally. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That reminds me, there's a line in, in Back to the Future, the, the second one. Right. Where, I think it's the second. No, well, the first. Whichever one it is, uh, Marty keeps saying, oh, that's heavy. Oh, that, that's heavy. And Doc says, why do you keep saying it's, because it's 1955, right? Okay. Uh, why do you keep saying it's heavy? Is something wrong with Earth gravity in the future? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I would have asked that's if I cute. were Doc. I like that. Yeah. All right. That was Back to the Future 1.
So, yeah, there you have it, uh, Virgil. It's um, weight is your answer. We'll just wait around. You got to wait, bro. Yeah, yeah that's why we don't, we don't yeah. know any way to undo the black hole. Right. The theoretical way to destroy it is time. There yes. you go. Uh -huh. All right, here we go. Lee C. Schneider okay. from Facebook says, which is more likely, extraterrestrial contact celestially or interdimensionally? Oh, definitely physically. It, yeah. Dimensions, we don't, we, no, no. No. No, no, I want it to be true. You do. Oh, yes. But access to higher dimensions? Come on now. Right. We, I think we even did a thing on oh, yes, going, we did. going to the fourth right. dimension That's from right. the three from dimensions, the, two dimensions. With the sphere that drops through a piece of paper. Exactly. Which and is a, just a painterly, beautiful. You love that analogy. I do because it makes things well, let me so describe it for easy. people. So, so if you have an intersection of dimensions, the consequences can be extraordinary. Yes. So if we live inside a sheet of paper and a three-dimensional being says, I've got this sphere and they don't even know what a sphere is. All they have are circles. Ha ha ha. Right? So a circle is a sphere in two dimensions mm -hmm. or a sphere is a circle in three, three dimensions. dimensions. So you can say it either way. Right. So if I'm a mighty three-dimensional creature and I take a sphere, a hollow sphere, and I pass it through your universe. Right. My paper universe. How would you describe this? You say, oh, there's a dot. Where did that dot come from? Right. It's mysterious. Right. Then the dot becomes a circle. Right. Now, you only know it's hollow in the inside because I have to open up a, a portal so you can look in. Otherwise, it's just a, you wouldn't know it's hollow. Right. But anyhow, so it's a circle. And what happens to the circle? It grows. Mm. Until what size? Until it's the diameter of the Until sphere. the full diameter of the sphere. Right. And then what happens? And then it would shrink. Shrink down and then becomes a point and then disappears completely. And you have to explain that to your friends. Right. That is so cool. So imagine a four-dimensional thing passing through our universe. Right. That would be, how would you even describe, you, you'd see a cube show up in the middle of nowhere and then disappear. Right. Right. That would be the three-dimensional slice of the four-dimensional hypercube passing through our three-dimensional world. Wow. So in other words, the two-dimensional slice of the sphere is a circle. Right. Passing through your, your, your paper world. Right. The three-dimensional slice through a four-dimensional hypercube is just a cube. Right. So the cube will start small, get bigger, and, and then and shrink down again, disappear. Damn. Wow. I don't know. Dimensions are cool. So that, I cool. don't know how to access another dimension. I wouldn't even know where to begin. So I'm, I will bet that we will contact extraterrestrials before, like, we have, before we know how to go in and out of higher dimensions. Right. But the idea uh, would be that, so here's what I want to tack on to this, though. How would they would know how to observe us, but how would we ever oh, be able if, to observe if them? If they came, though? if they if they're a higher dimension, yes, they, they, they're the higher dimension. They could observe us, and, and we would not even know they never were there. Never even know they were there. Correct. So then, you know, oh, okay. And so then, what we would only be able to observe is what they are able to put into our no, not to put into it, not, but to pass, pass through, through. It. not yes. put in, but pass through. Correct. Our reality. Yes. I guess then, they could put it. They could put it in our reality, but it would be so. Their reality is so much richer. It'd be they want to just pass it through. Right. It's like so. Let me let me give the the, the paper people something to play with and just draw a circle. That, you know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. That's that, not going to do much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So, so we would observe that we would never be able to observe their universe period. unless we had access unless out of our dimensions to their dimension. That's correct. Wow. Now here's something interesting. Ready? Go ahead. If <laughs> if you're a two dimensional being, right, and you have skin, so you draw the skin. Mm -hmm. We well, have an insides. 
Okay. We three-dimensional beings would be able to see inside their bodies. The heart, the lungs, the mouth, the eyes, everything. Right. But they would not be able to because they can only see in yeah. the paper and they would just see the outer skin, which is just a line. Right. What that means is a four-dimensional person can see every one of our organs at all times. I feel so naked. <laughs> just, I feel violent. They can see inside your organs. That's cool. So surgery, the future of surgery could be four-dimensional surgery where they come at you from a fourth dimension and never have to cut you open. Think about that. I like it. That's yeah. a sci-fi story right, yeah. right there. Got to tell you, never going to happen in America. <laughs> Not with this healthcare. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yo, that is so cool. Yeah, well, yeah. hey, Lee, thanks so much for that question, man. Mm -hmm. That's very, very cool. Um, let's go with... Time for a couple more questions. Okay. Mario Ferreira. Ferreira. Fiorera. Fiorera. Mario Fiorera. Mario Fiorera uh, says, do you think it's possible we'll find complex organisms like fish in the liquid water masses in the planets and moons of, he says, our solar system? Yeah. Okay, so first, a fish is a way complex organism, right? Generally, when biologists speak of complex organisms, they're not talking about fish. Right. They're talking about multicellular creatures that have might have some appendages. They might have... Um, like at the Cambrian explosion of life, when was that, 450, 500 mm. million years ago, right. there, we went from single-celled creatures rapidly when the conditions changed on Earth to multicellular life. And that multicellular life had like limbs and eyes and, and ten. it had features okay. that you could talk about and point to. Right. Generally, we call that complex life. Complex okay, life. and then you want to. So uh, how about how about it's a single cell organism, but it has propulsion, like well, cilia or like. You oh, know, you mean a way to move, a around. Way to move that, around? No, no, that'd still be simple. Still, if it's a single cell, single cell that's is simple. still not. It's correct. Still simple. Okay. Correct. Right. It, even if it's moving or. If, not. Even if it can do all that, but we're talking about I got legs right. and I got eyeballs right. and I got a nose and ears, right. that sort of thing. That thing. That's okay. complex features, as you said. So there the question go. was, um, will we find something? Okay, I want to find life in the oceans beneath the frozen surfaces of the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. And I, w I want there to be life there. Mm -hmm. But I'm if there isn't, uh, you know, okay, I'll deal. <laughs> I'll recover. Right. But if there is life, it'll be something that swims. It'll be something that, and think of all the things in the ocean that swim that are not fish. That's so true. Well, swims or that is alive, like coral. Right. You have sh uh, shellfish. Right. Uh, I, I mean, you know, uh, uh, swimmy fish, yeah, right? Exactly. So, uh, who else do we have? We have Ariel. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> Sebastian. I can't forget Sebastian. Yeah, right. yeah, the hermit crab. Right. No, no, the hermit crab. Oh, he's got a Jamaican accent. Why you do this to your father? <laughs> Ariel. <laughs> your father, he loves you so much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, you got Ariel, Sebastian... You got, um, you've got, uh, what else? Right. You've got sponges. Sponges. Yeah, I mean, just like, uh, you got- Clams and oysters. You got SpongeBob is down there. Yes, right. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. So, so, oh, uh, who's the starfish in SpongeBob? Uh, uh, Patrick. Patrick, of course. Correct. I was confused with Mr. Woodward. Wood, uh, Squidward. 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 You know I just realized I know too much about <laughs> SpongeBob. 
That was too easy for me. <laughs> that was. That you was, that you was, didn't even. I let me didn't think even about bat an you, eye. You, you, I, you did. That was way too easy for me, man. That should not have happened. That should not happen. You know, we doing a show about astrophysics here, and who is who's SpongeBob laying out the SpongeBob oh, character? Patrick and then there's Mr. Krab, and of course there's Squidward. And oh God, and and who's who's the squirrel? Uh, uh, Sandy. 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 Of course, that's of right. Thank you. Yeah. So. Anyhow, where was it? Where the hell was it? So you're saying so, if if the life is going to be there, it's going to have features, and you know you yeah, want there, that. It's like, it could be. I mean, think about it. You It'll be that. at least as exotic as the range of creatures that are that exotic in our, in, our, in our own ocean. Right. Exactly. And the and the, the funny thing is, the deeper you go in our ocean, the more exotic the life becomes. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the less you've seen it before. Unless they've seen you. You look exotic to them, too. We got to take well, a break. Thank you. When we come back. Uh, that was not a compliment, Chuck. <laughs> <More>. <laughs> cosmic queries, cosmic conundrums when we come back. Hey, we'd like to give a Patreon shout-out to the following Patreon patrons. Daniel R. Scott and Sand McDowell. Thank you so much, guys, for your help. Without you, we couldn't make this show. And for those of you who are listening who would like your very own Patreon shout-out, go to patreon.com slash startalkradio and support us. We'll love you for it. We're back, Cosmic Queries, Cosmic Conundrums. Very nice. Chuck. Yes, sir. Bring them on. Bring All them right, more. let's just jump right back into this. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Ross. Good questions so far. These are very good questions so far. Uh, Ross Nippled says, uh, do oh, you... oh, oh, just one thing about the previous segment's question. Yeah. Uh, asking about what kind of life we might find right. if we find life. If we find life. In the oceans and things. Just there's, it's not only if there's water there. Right. Okay. I just want to get thermodynamic on you. Okay. Okay. Go for it. All right. As far as we know, mm -hmm. whatever life is, it will require metabolism. Okay. Right? It'll have to process energy in right. some way. Okay. For it to process energy, in its environment, there has to be a place that has more energy than in another place. Mm-hmm. Right. So that there is energy flow. Okay? Yes, exactly. Like our sun. If the entire ocean... Okay. We're exactly the same temperature. Okay. And there were no water currents and there was no source of energy. Mm -hmm. We don't know how life could come to be or exist or even thrive. So life does not happen without a transference of energy. Correct. A, and the, uh, technically, you'd call that an energy gradient. Okay. All okay. Right. Gotcha. So that's what you need. All right. And, and so under there, there's sources of energy from like the gravitational stress from Jupiter and from Saturn and other moons on those moons, and that pumps energy like deep in the center. And so... So what... what, 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 what? If, if it's hotter in the center than in the edge, then we're good. So you mean the gravitational forces of the planet that this moon is orbiting... Yes. Causes... Tidal forces. The tidal forces causes an undulation... Yes. ...that creates energy heat yes. like when you bend a, a paperclip back and forth, I back and forth. A better example would be when they say, if you're going to play racquetball, let's warm up the ball. 
And what are you doing? No, you hit the, you ball. hit the ball. You, just you squeeze keep, in and pops back out. Every it's time a you deformation do, and, and a reclamation. reclamation. And the, every and, time you do that, you're pumping energy into the ball from your racket. Yeah, that's fun. what's going on to those moons right now. All right, that's that's dude, that's, that's dope. That's really that's dope. dope. And the hottest moon in the solar system, yeah. is called Io, and it's closest moon to Jupiter, right. and it's feeling this ferociously, and it's got the most ferocious volcanoes that ever were because hot in the middle. The stuff has got to get out, and it. And it, it's 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 hurling, and that every and day. that and that is that is basically from gravity. That's that's all gravity that's, stress. Gravity stress. Yes, stress of gravity pumping it. And it's by the way, it's outside of the Goldilocks zone. Right. So we used to think, oh, you need the sun, and it's got to be just right. And no, you just need energy. You need, right. People. All right. Wow. There, there you go. Okay. Damn. Damn. Right, God, going. I just love science. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Roy Luckett from Facebook says this. Roy what? Uh, Luckett. Luckett? Luckett. That's, that's a word? Yeah, that's a name? That's okay. a name, man. All right, Roy. Roy says, hey, Neil. Roy Luckett. That's a, that's a cowboy name. Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm Roy Luckett. How y'all doing? <laughs> I'm Roy Luckett. Welcome to the Grand Ole Opera. I'm Roy <laughs> come Luckett. On, come on by for, like the, <laughs> for the rodeo. All right. No. Um, Roy Luckett says this. Hey, hey, Neil, let's talk about low orbit. Nice. And that's all he says. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> is that all? That's it. Oh. That's why I wanted to read it, because who writes that question? That's cool. That, that Roy Luckett said yeah, that. Lord Roy Luckett. And you know what that does? He's sound. kicking back with a beer, and he wants it. Talk to me. Bring it know, on. Right. That's right. All right. So, <laughs> um, ooh, how, how, how deep into this rabbit hole do you want to go? Mm, I don't know, man. All right, you ready? Low orbit. Low, you ready? Go. I don't think you're ready. All right. Are you ready? I'm I'm about as ready as I'm ever going to be. As ready as you think you can be that's, for what I'm about to tell you? That's right. All right. Bless so, you. does it make sense to you that people, this is like inside baseball here, okay? Great. Just be ready for this. Okay. Does it make sense to you that on Earth's equator, mm -hmm. people weigh a little less than people anywhere else on Earth because of the centrifugal force of Earth's rotation. Okay. Okay, the equator is moving the fastest. Right. Basically, 1,000 miles an hour. Okay. Because we have 25,000 miles in the circumference. Mm -hmm. And how long does it take Earth to rotate once? 24 hours. About 24 hours. So you divide those, right. it's about 1,000 miles okay. in an hour. About. All right. Okay? All right. If you had a different latitude, the circle you take in 24 hours is smaller. Right on down to the pole... Where Santa's got no circle at all. He's just pirouetting. Mm -hmm. Okay? Very nice. All right. So, yes, we're rotating as a solid object, but the folks moving the fastest are right on the equator. And I forgot, the I did the calculation once. They weigh about, you know, four ounces, about a quarter of a pound less. That's a lot. Yeah, no, it's a lot. No, it's very, it's, measure it's measurable with a household scale. Yeah, I was going to say, I okay. thought you were going to come up with some like, No, no, you know, micro yeah, something. Like no, 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 it's real. It's real. Whoa. Okay. Okay, that's cool. And, that's cool. So right. far, so good. So let's spin Earth faster. All right. They'll weigh even less. Okay. Poor Santa, his weight doesn't change at all. Right. <laughs> Cause, well, because first of all, he's fat. <laughs> no, stop. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, he's just pirouetting. Of course. Yeah. So there's no, there's, there's no, no there's centrifugal force right. on the pole. Right. All right. So, that's what Taylor said. Now you weigh a pound less. Mm-hmm. Or, or kilogram less, however, whatever is your favorite unit. We just keep doing this. And you can ask yourself, at what speed must I rotate Earth so that you don't weigh anything? You'll just float there on the equator. 
that's an askable question, isn't it? It is. If I'm spinning you up and you're weighing less and less and less, right? You know what speed that is? What? You rotate the earth once every 90 minutes. Every night instead of 24 hours, yes. it's an hour and a half. An hour and a half. And everything on earth would just no. fly out in the space. Everything no. on the equator. Everything on the equator, because that's right. Everything on the, the equator. Because the other stuff doesn't weigh as much. It's okay. Right. All right. The, the other stuff doesn't have as much centrifugal force. Right. All right. So I noticed. Go ahead. Keep okay. Going. Keep so going. wait Keep a minute. Going. Keep going. So if I'm on the equator now and my feet aren't even touching the ground. I'm just floating. I'm just floating. Right. Yet somehow I'm staying with Earth right. as you had always been, even up to that moment. Correct. Up to that moment, you're there. Now you just weigh one pound. You can jump high, but you're still rotating with Earth. You rotate Earth a little extra. Now you're just floating. Wait I just less. described for you orbit. Oh. Low Earth orbit. You know, I forgot that that's where that's we were That's where going we're going. That is... Do you know how long it takes the space station to orbit the Earth? 90, 90 minutes. minutes. So that, oh, wow, that is cool, man. I dig it. Is, is that good? It. That's it. Is that good? That makes sense. Is that good? That's good. That's an orbit. I love okay. it. Okay, so low Earth orbit is, now, now of course, <laughs> low Earth orbit in practice, you want to be en above, above enough of the atmosphere so you're not you know, burning up through the atmosphere. Of course, right? Right. So you want to be high enough. So that you go up 100 kilometers, about 60 miles, you're high enough above most of the atmosphere so that you can now orbit the Earth faster than the Earth would take you. Mm -hmm. And that's and you complete one orbit in 90 minutes. If you're right exactly above Earth's surface, it's actually 88 minutes. Okay. okay? Right. 88, right. If you do the math, it's right. 88 minutes. Yeah. You go up to where the space station is about 90 minutes. Gotcha. Okay? All of that's low Earth orbit. Leo. We call it Leo, affectionately. Low Earth orbit. Yeah. You go a little higher up. Right. Uh, 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 500 miles up, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You get to uh, Mio. Mm -hmm. a medium Earth, middle Earth orbit. Okay. Not middle Earth. Right. But middle Earth middle orbit. Earth Earth. Middle, okay. Right. And there you'll find the GPS satellites. Okay. All right. So they'll do an orbit. It'll take longer than an hour and a half, but slower than 24 hours. Okay. Okay. Then you go a little higher. You get Geo. Mm -hmm. Geosynchronous orbits. So these are orbits where, oh no, you can do the opposite and say, if I go farther away, um, I can stay in orbit with a lower and lower speed. Okay? And here's Earth turning beneath my feet. Is there a distance where I can orbit exactly with the rotation of the Earth so that I take one orbit in 24 hours? Yes, yeah. there is. It's 23,000 miles up. And it's called geosynchronous orbit. And there's the synchronicity. There's the synchronicity. Wow. So you launch that satellite, it just hovers overhead. That's very cool. And if you park one, park, between Europe and the United States, you can beam signals up to it, and you can talk to beyond the curvature of the Earth. That's it. Uh, Elon Musk wants to launch constellations of satellites so that you don't have to beam out to 23,000 miles. You know why? Because... If you beam a light signal 23,000 miles, that's far enough away that the round trip, you notice that in telecommunication. It's a lag. It's right. a lag. There's a lag. It's a lag. You'll right. notice it. And sometimes you'll see it in a broadcast or mm -hmm. even in, sometimes you've been on a phone and there was a lag. That's probably hitting a, a, a geosynchronous. So, so communication, you want the satellites to be lower. Right. But if it's lower, you're not always in view of it. Right. Because it orbits out of your zone. It doesn't stay with you. Think. So now, if once this goes out, then you want another one coming in right behind it. Right. That's why Elon is launching hundreds of satellites. 
so that everyone has fast internet and with with no lag. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you, Elon, and and, and thank you, uh, Roy Roy Luckett. Roy Luckett. Oh damn, boy! I didn't know that was such a good question. <laughs> Leo, right there. That <laughs> yeah. was uh, Chuck. We All got right. time for one more question. Make it a good one. All right. Or make it a bad one. We'll, make, we'll turn it into a good one. Okay. Sean Far, uh, Farouk says this. Uh, is a faraway planet, uh, if a faraway planet emits a light of low frequency and light of high frequency, which one of them will win the race and reach us first? Oh. The speed of light in a vacuum does not discriminate by frequency. Boom. There you go. However, if it goes through a medium, mm-hmm. it does. Gotcha. And it is because different frequencies move through media at different speeds mm-hmm. that the colors manifest after it comes through. Okay. So if you put light through a prism mm-hmm. and you put it in at the right angle, at the correct angle, the white light comes in and the prism says, blue, you're coming out first. Red, you're coming out last. I'm mm-hmm. spread. And when and since it's spread, since they go through at different speeds, all the colors reveal themselves right. as they come out of the prism. There you go. Separating in the Separate, process. Yeah. So the so so the prism is 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 glass. Right. That will uh air will separate the colors. Right. Um diamond does it the best, is the is the most transparent. It's the most. It's the densest transparent thing we know. Okay. So that'll do it the most. It slows down the light. The most. Better than anything. And and it slows down light by to forty percent of its oh, vacuum makes, speed. Oh yeah, of course that makes sense. Which is when you look at a diamond and it refracts all the light. Yeah, and you the see light all refracts the pretty colors. all the pretty colors. Right. That's what's that's going on. on. And oh, it that does that better perfect. than glass does. Right. That's why diamonds are diamonds and glass are, are glass. Right. Right. Don't so, tell my wife that. <laughs> <laughs> Cubic zirconium gets you halfway there. I don't know. <laughs> so, so, um, so different frequencies of light do travel at different speeds through a medium. And just to, just to make that clear. And so now there are there is medium in space, like gas clouds. Mm-hmm. When light comes through there, you get this effect. Right. You get this effect, and you can get a time lag in an explosion if the explosion happens in multiple frequencies. You'll see it happen at one frequency before it does in another. And we have coordinated our telescopes to check for this. Nice. You have a radio telescope, a, a visible light telescope, a, a infrared telescope, mm-hmm. and you can see phenomenon if it's coming through a medium that will differentially slow down uh, the frequencies of light. No, it's very cool. That is excellent. Yeah. But in a vacuum? So, so that's it. It's a tie. The in speed a of light is the speed of light speed is the speed of light. Of light. Speed of light. Speed yeah. of light. That's very cool. Okay. Neil deGrasse Tyson and Chuck Nice signing off from the Coronaverse, Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Keep looking up. (laughs) 